Hey you guys, this is the Scripture Study Project, our podcast dedicated to helping you discover the scriptures in a fresh way, invest your mind and heart into your personal study, and connect to God in your everyday life. We are your hosts, Krista and Zach Horton, and we are here to study Alma chapters 8 through 12, so little caveat to that. We're actually going to be studying, combining the next two weeks. So this week's study is for June 8th through 14th, and it's Alma chapters 8 through 12. And next week is Alma chapter 13 through 16. So today we're going to be studying Alma 8 through 16. And to explain that just a little bit to you is um, we mentioned a few weeks ago that we were moving and we are literally boxed in our fancy studio tonight piles of boxes here we are spending the last night in our house recording a podcast episode um and zach told me he's like this feels very fitting that we're recording an episode on our last night in our house late at night when we're tired and exhausted (laughs) that seems to be how we usually the boxes are new (laughs) It's actually really fancy. Yeah. You thought we had a fancy studio before. <laughs> Look at us now. Um, but we we kind of did this for a few reasons. We need a little bit of a break as we transition our family. But also, um, as we studied, we couldn't help but kind of see that this could be an episode not only relevant for what's happening in our world right now, but also um, that these this story is one great big story and that... Over these next two weeks, we hope that this will just give you a start to um, your own study in these really rich chapters. Before we dive in, though, um, since we're combining two episodes, we're also combining two um, explanations of our study questions that we've been using. So two weeks ago, we talked about learn. Last week, we talked about feel. And over these next two episodes, we want to talk about do and become. And since we're combining them, we're doing them together, which actually works because... Um, As we have heard prophets and apostles teach, we become who we want to be by consistently being or doing what we're supposed to do. And so the study questions that go along with these two um, actions is for do, as I study the scriptures, what will I do to act in faith? Um, As you study the scriptures, they can both from the examples you read, give you ideas for faithful action. But also, as you read, God can prompt you through your study and through the thoughts that come to you with actions or behaviors that he wants you to do. Um, And so the scriptures can become a great tool for our action, for our repentance. As we do that consistently, we start to change. And so the become question is, as I study the scriptures, how can I become more like Jesus Christ? Um, This one is easy to see in the lives of the women and men that we read about. And of course, in the example of Jesus Christ uh, in the scriptures, as we study these examples and the Savior himself, we see who we want to become And we strive to become like them in that we do and we act. You know, as you're explaining that, I just think having freshly read through these chapters that we're going to be reading about, about Alma and Amulek and Zeezrom, I just see that this is exactly what's happening. 
You know, they're really doing these things that take a lot of faith for them. And we see them becoming something greater than they had ever imagined, which I think is the ultimate goal for us and also for God and for our Savior, Jesus Christ. They want us to become, um, and they see so much potential in us. So good. I mean, just looking at the characters in the stories that we're going to read. Alma, of course, is a great example of faithful action, but he's one that acts faithfully because he's become something. He's a a product of powerful conversion. Well, he's going to be instrumental in converting both Amulek and Zeezrom in these chapters, two men who, like Alma, experience their own change. And then because of that change and leading up to that change is their own faithful action. And so these are wonderful chapters to study. If you're looking for things you should do in your life or could do in your life to bring you more joy or things you should become or change about yourself. Well, we talk about these great men of faith and certainly we're going to learn a lot from them. And I think one thing that I mentioned earlier, it's very relevant for our life right now. I think as we're recording this, um, a lot of us have these hard things going on, um, just like these guys did many years ago. Um, right now was an example, um, in Salt Lake City, there's an 8 p.m. curfew. There's been riots. There's a lot of hard issues going around with injustice for people of color and all of these really heavy things, not to mention that we still have a worldwide pandemic that's that we're living in. Um, this is hard. <laughs> there's a lot of hard things going on. And so if one of the things we could learn... Um, is that these people experience hard things too. Um, And all of us really know, I mean, I'm thinking of a few personal things right here in my neighborhood that have happened that have really felt heavy. And I'm sure you have that same thing. And so I hope that as we study, um, some of these things bring you some of the comfort that I've felt and that you know that um, God is with us through this. And many more things that we're going to study. But of course, that's one of the central points. Our hearts have been, um, pricked is an understatement, have been hurt and crushed uh, along with so many others. Uh, Just multiple examples of pain and anger and violence and hurt in the world. Um, And as Krista mentions, you mentioned that that's not that far off with what we're reading this week. So just a little bit of an overview of the story. Alma just finished up his uh, visit to the city of Gideon, which went wonderfully. He taught an incredible sermon. They were already a good city, and he helps them to get better. Then he turns his eyes on the city of Ammonihah, which is not a good city. In fact, his first visit into the city, they turn him around and they kick him out. Even though they're Nephites, and even though Alma is the chief, well, was the chief judge and is the high priest of the church, they kick him out of the city. He's going to leave and just pass by and go to the next city, but of course he's commanded by an angel to return to the city, and so he does. He meets Amulek. Um, Alma and Amulek will preach together in Ammonihah. Because of their preaching, they will enrage their audience so much that they will tie up Alma and Amulek, and then they will throw not just books into a fire, but believers, actual people. Um, This 
could just be my own reading of the story, but Amulek hints at his family. And as Alma and Amulek are tied up, watching this horrific scene, Amulek asks a very emotional question. This is chapter 14, uh, starting in verse 8. They brought their wives and children together. And I don't know. This could just be me reading into the story, but I've always wondered, who does Amulek know that's going into that fire? This is his hometown. Are are these members of his family? Um, They throw them into the fire. And then verse 10, And when Amulek saw the pains of the women and children who were consumed in the fire, he also was pained. And he said to Alma, How can we witness this awful scene? And then he asks, Therefore, let us stretch forth our hands and exercise the power of God which is in us and save them from the flames. And Alma says that the Spirit restrains him there not to save them, and they watch their deaths. In only a couple of verses later, Alma himself asks a very emotional question. This is verse 26. After witnessing that, Alma and Amulek are thrown into prison. And Alma asks this, verse 26. How long shall we suffer these great afflictions, O Lord? Now, I, this sounds weird to say that I've always loved these chapters because they're horrible chapters. But I have loved them because uh, there is so much depth in these chapters to be able to answer one of life's most difficult questions, which is, why does God allow things like this to happen. Alma says in his response to Amulek, the Lord suffers this to happen. He allows it to happen, which is, of course, is different than saying God causes this. We know that a loving God doesn't cause misery in the world, but he does allow it. Could he stop it? Of course he could. He's an all-powerful God. He doesn't. So why doesn't he? Why does he allow tragedy in our personal lives, in our family lives, in our community Um, As I'm reading those verses, I can't help but think of section 121 of the Doctrine and Covenants when Joseph Smith is in Liberty Jail for four months and cries out, O God, where art thou? And how long shall we witness this? They're all asking the same question. God, why are you letting this happen? And how long is it going to go on? And so what we want to do in this episode is start your own study answering that question for you and for your family. Why does God allow these kinds of things to happen? Where is he? Why is he doing it? And is there any comfort that we can find, any instruction that we can find in these chapters that will help us make it through and see a hopeful, positive, and maybe even beautiful end? Such a powerful and good question to think about. And certainly we don't want to say that we have all the answers Like Zach said, hopefully this is just the beginning of your study um, because this is a hard time and we're, we're hoping to get these answers too. So one answer to that starts in Alma chapter 8. We see in verses starting in verse 9, Now Satan had gotten great hold upon the hearts of the people of the city of Ammonihah, therefore they would not hearken unto the words of Alma. Nevertheless, Alma labored much in the spirit wrestling with God in mighty prayer that he would pour out his spirit upon the people who were in the city, that he would also grant that he might baptize them unto repentance. So we see that Alma 
this is really hard for Alma, but he's not giving up and he continues to labor and wrestle. And I love some of these words that we hear in these scriptures. Then we go on to verse 13, and he spit upon and caused that he should be cast out of their city. Verse 14, and it came to pass that while he was journeying thither, so he decides to go away. These are the feelings that he feels being weighed down with sorrow, wading through much tribulation and anguish of soul because of the wickedness of the people. And again, thus he was weighed down with sorrow. Um, and that's when the angel appears to him. But I think it's important to remember that this is kind of a part of our learning experience. It's not easy. And that's maybe the question, the answer we don't want to hear. It's for our learning. But we see these examples, I think, to really teach us that because it is hard. And maybe we can focus a lot on Alma because he does a lot of awesome things. But these chapters are important to show us that even though he was a great missionary, it wasn't always easy. I love the word nevertheless. Uh, in the beginning of verse 10, when you said in verse 9, he's, it, uh, the, Satan had gotten great hold on the people's hearts and they weren't listening to him. They spit on him. They cast him out. Nevertheless, Alma labored and he wrestled. Um, I think Alma understands something that we can understand, and that is that difficulties, sorrow, misery, heartache is actually part of God's plan. It's not the absence of God at work in our lives. It actually might be proof that God is there, that he's working on us. Um, one of the things I think that goes along with this, I love the story of Zeezrom because of the change that he makes, but also, as I've studied recently, because studying his story has brought up something to me. Uh, you mentioned this is part of life. I think it might even be part of God's plan for us. Listen to this. Um, in chapter 11, Zeezrom comes to Amulek and starts to question him, really to try and trap him. Um, and it says this, Zeezrom was a man who was expert in the devices of the devil that he might destroy that which was good. A chapter later, um, Alma will say this to Zeezrom. Now, this was a plan of thine adversary. Um, we've talked in previous episodes about Satan's plan and that he is uh, at work doing things in the world to cause misery and heartache and pain. Now, that's not the part that I liked. The part that I liked is this. Um, in one more chapter, well, later on in that chapter, in chapter 12, Alma talks about a different plan. He says in verse 25, now if it had not been for the plan of redemption, which had been laid, which was laid from the foundation of the world, there could have been no resurrection of the dead, but there was a plan of redemption laid, which shall bring to pass the resurrection of the dead of which has been spoken. In other words, Zeezrom, you have your plan or the plan that Satan is using through you to try and cause misery in the world, but God also has a plan of redemption. As part of that plan, he allows um, temptations and trials and sadness and misery, but there is a plan of redemption. And this preaching of this plan is so powerful that this is what causes Yezrim's change. So just follow along in these verses. Um, in chapter 11, Amulek starts to teach Zeezrom about this plan, this plan of redemption. At the end of the chapter, in verse 46, Zeezrom began to tremble. Then Alma stands up and preaches to him and mentions, as I said in verse 5 in chapter 12, this plan of redemption. And in verse 7, Zeezrom began to tremble more exceedingly, for he was convinced more and more of the power of God. And then in verse 8, Zeezrom began to inquire of them diligently. 
And then in verse 19, the people began to be more astonished. And then over in chapter 14, verse 6, Zeezrom experiences very similar conversion uh, feelings that Alma did. He was astonished. He knew concerning the blindness of the minds of the people, which he had caused among them by lying. And his soul was harrowed up under the consciousness of his own guilt. He was circled about by the pains of hell. Uh, He will go into a coma because of his guilt. And then in chapter 15, Alma and Amulek go and they will heal him uh, by the power of God. And Zeezrom becomes an incredible missionary that's even quoted later on in the Book of Mormon. In other words, what is it that caused this change in Zeezrom's life? It was the preaching of the plan of God. He thought he had a plan to cause problems, but God's plan was so much greater and so much more powerful that uh, he was able to change. And I think it's knowledge of that same plan and, and conviction that God is at work in our lives that helps us make it through difficult times and trials. It's really cool to see it in that light because that's probably something that many of us have experienced where God's plan is very different from the plan that we had originally imagined for ourselves. Yeah. In fact, if point one that we're talking about is that sometimes bad things are allowed as part of God's plan, part two might be, that means that sometimes we might have to change our plans. Um, you, You mentioned this briefly, but in Alma chapter eight, The angel commands Alma to go back, uh, and I know we both love this verse, in verse 18. came to pass that after Alma had received his message from the angel of the Lord, he returned speedily to the land of Ammoniah, and then here's the phrase that we like, and he entered the city by another way. That's a small little detail, but I like that this trial or this difficulty that Alma faces forces him to try things, do things a different way than he did them before. His first attempt at entering the city did not work out. His second attempt does. He finds Amulek. Amulek's been led by the Spirit. And so they're they're joined or they're they meet together, they're joined together, they they experience a great outpouring of the Spirit, and they become incredible missionary companions. And that doesn't happen unless Alma tries to do something a different way. I think it also emphasizes that point that sometimes we need to try something to know that it's not right or that we need to experience something different before we realize, oh, wait, I need to ask God or in Alma's case that an angel needs to appear to us and tell us us where to go. But that often it takes work and it takes our own searching to to find that other way well hence why sometimes suffering and sadness is part of god's plan because we don't always do things the right way but if we don't have that freedom to be able to do things the wrong way we'll never really know what the right way is well you know me i know i've mentioned this before i can never really pass by the word remember and so i love that in chapter 9 verse 9 We read, Do ye not remember that our father Lehi was brought out of Jerusalem by the hand of God? Do ye not remember that they were all led by him through the wilderness? Um, These guys are experiencing a different type of wilderness, and we're experiencing a different type of wilderness. You are experiencing a different type of wilderness. But that it's important to remember these stories. Um, That's why we have the scriptures, which is why I always bring up this point but that we remember our own stories of faith and our own examples of how this is happening, which is why it's so important to remember that who brought them out 
of of the land of Jerusalem? Who led them through their wilderness? And who is leading Alma and Amulek and these people in these stories is Jesus Christ. And it's through their faith. Um, we Well, just sorry to read verse 10 after the one you read. Yeah. Have you forgotten so soon how many times he has delivered our fathers out of the hands of their enemies and preserved them from being destroyed, even by the hands of their own brethren? Yea, and if it had not been for his matchless power and his mercy and his long suffering towards us, we should unavoidably have been cut off from the face of uh, of the earth long before this period of time, and perhaps be consigned to a state of endless misery and woe. Without his intervention, his matchless power and his long suffering, we wouldn't even be here. Yeah, and like we mentioned before, when we focus on the God at work behind these stories, it becomes really powerful. And they're wanting to encourage us to remember that and remember these stories because it really does bring so much. But also that focus on where we need to be focused on. That I'll read, I'll go to chapter 14, verse 28, because this is the one that I liked. Um, it says, An Alma and Amulet came forth out of the prison and they were not hurt, for the Lord had granted unto them power according to their faith, which was in Christ. Their faith was anchored in Jesus Christ, which is where it should be. In last week's episode, Zach and Garrett talked about the atonement of Jesus Christ. And we've preached this a lot because it's something that's really we're really passionate about is that connection to the atonement of Jesus Christ. Let's remember to attach that to our faith, too. We have faith in Jesus Christ. That is the center of where it should should always be. And that's what we learn here too. Because again, as in chapter 15, as we see Zeezrom, it says, And Alma cried unto the Lord, saying, O Lord our God, have mercy on this man, and heal him according to his faith, which is in Christ. It's an important emphasis to remember that the power and the healing power and all of these things come as we anchor ourselves on the Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, this makes me think of um, a study I had with some students a couple of years ago. And uh, I just asked them as they came into class to, on a blank piece of paper, write down what the hardest thing was that they were going through. And it was anonymous. They turned their papers in. Um, I can't remember if I typed them up or if I just read them out loud so they could hear what each other were struggling with. And the gamut was wide, of course. Um, students struggling with problems at home, personal problems, problems with drugs, alcohol. Um, and, uh, and then we went through this experience where I put up some quotes on the board and asked students to read them. Uh, and the quotes were difficult to read. For example, here's one from Elder Holland. This church and its founder are false, fraudulent, a deception from the first instance onward. I put that quote up and I have a student read it. Uh, and, you know, traditional seminary teacher fashion, I pretend like the quote is okay and ask them to explain it. And they'll try and explain it, but you see a lot of puzzled looks as students read it and reread it and see the name attached to it and think this doesn't make any sense. Why would Elder Holland say that the church and its founder are false and fraudulent? Then we read another quote from the For the Strength of Youth pamphlet. You cannot repent. Then we read another quote from Elder Cook. The Lord has made a part of his children to be saved and a great part to be damned for all eternity. Um, and then... I show another slide that reveals the rest of these quotes. 
So for example, for the Elder Holland one, of course he didn't start his sentence with the church is false. He started it this way. He says, either the Book of Mormon is what the prophet Joseph Smith said it is, or this church and its founder are false, fraudulent, a deception from the first instance onward. Uh, in that same quote, he'll say, I want to make it clear where I stand. I testify surely um, that the Book of Mormon is true and that the church is true. Uh, the you cannot repent quote comes from the For the Strength of Youth pamphlet. The sentence starts, Satan wants you to think that you cannot repent, but it is absolutely not true. The Elder Cook one, as he talks about his grandfather, uh, who wrote in his journal, Sometimes they found fault with me because I wanted a more liberal salvation for the family of man. I could not believe the Lord has made a part of his children to be saved and a great part to be damned for all eternity. Elder Cook explains he, his uh, grandfather receives the gospel and sees that God is very liberal in his salvation. The exercise is meant to illustrate something, that without proper perspective, things just don't make sense. And a lot of times they hurt and they cause a lot of pain. Now, I am not saying that neither of us are saying that faith in Jesus Christ, knowing that this is part of God's plan or changing your own plan is going to lessen the pain or the hurt. But it will help things make more sense. There is comfort to be had even when we're sorrowing. There is strength to be had even when we're sad. One of my favorite quotes from Elder Scott is this. He said once, A pebble held close to the eye appears to be a gigantic obstacle. Cast on the ground, it is seen in perspective. Likewise, problems or trials in our lives need to be viewed in the perspective of scriptural doctrine. Otherwise, they can easily overtake our vision, absorb our energy, and deprive us of the joy and beauty the Lord intends us to receive here on the earth. I know that's no simple task to be able to see joy and beauty when we're struggling or when we're sorrowing, but it is there. And I think as we study this week, these doctrines and principles that you'll see in your own study and hopefully some of the ones that we've shared um, can provide that little bit of perspective. Now, we've always wanted this podcast to be a beginning to your study or be maybe a little bit of an overview and help as you study on your own. And we certainly hope that that's the case for these next two weeks. Like we said, we will not have an episode next week, but we will be back in two weeks. And we just hope that you enjoy your study. We hope that you find some truths that bring you comfort we do have some of these episodes from two years ago, if you want to go back and listen to those, if you need some extra listening during all this. And lastly, before we go, I know we've said it before, but we just want to thank you for listening and for your support. Um, maybe it's because we're moving um, and we started the podcast in, our, in this home, but maybe I'm feeling a little sentimental about this great space that we have to share with, with so many of you. So thank you so much for your support and we're grateful and we hope that you have a great two weeks before we get to talk with you again. Thanks so much. <laughs>